Welcome to episode two of Super Entertainment Presents the Television Crossover Universe on the Grand Guignol Network, which I probably still slaughtered, but you know what? By episode 52, I'll have it right. Coming to you from Castle Wolfenstein, hosted by the TVCU crew. In the studio, via Skype, we have co-host James Boyachuk, CEO of 18th Wall Productions, and I am Robert E. Ronsky, Jr., author of the Horror Crossover Encyclopedia. We are the TVCU crew. What is the television crossover universe? Well, when I was a wee boy, I started noticing that certain television shows were connected by crossovers. I started keeping track of those connected series in my little notebook. Over time, I realized that these crossover connections went far beyond television to other mediums as well. I also started to learn that what I had originally seen as separate groupings of shared realities started to come together into one larger world, which I had dubbed the television crossover universe. Five years ago, I turned my years of notes into a website, and a year ago started publishing books based on those crossover finds. This podcast is another means to celebrate those writers whose work adds to the expansion of the shared fictional reality. All right, James, welcome back uh, for another Hello week. Uh, wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you got anything for us to plug today? I do. All right, go for it. By the time this episode releases, we should have a new book up for submissions. It's going to be a book based around the Arthurian legends. This time we're looking for short stories between about 2,000 and, let's say, 12,000 words long. And we want Arthurian stories to take place after the fall of Camelot. So you have lots of options. You can, say, follow the Holy Grail and show us where it ended up after Camelot fell. Or you can pick a certain character. Like in some versions of the legends, Galahad never died, and he still roams the earth. So you have all of these many, many options. And if, hey, if you would, and we are going to be paying five cents net royalty for every story. So it's a good chance. We're very nice to work with, as I'm sure Robert can attest. Absolutely. And I think it will be a lot of fun. And if you're looking for inspiration, I'm just going to throw some options out there. There is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It's a bit of a shocker, but it really is exactly that, an Arthurian story that takes place after Camelot fell. Um, There's also the 1994 Prince Valiant miniseries, which actually picks up five minutes after Arthur's died and has Valiant trying to hold Camelot together. It's a great story, and not enough people have read it. And one more option is Neil Gaiman's short story, Chivalry, in which a little old lady ends up buying the Holy Grail at a dollar store. And different people arrive on her doorstep trying to get it from her. Which is a really cute, fun little story in the vein of Sandman. So that's open for submissions by the time you hear this. Please submit. We are excited to see every single story. All of us love the legends, and we're excited. Do you have anything to plug? Um, before I, before that, I was thinking, uh, you know, in that same venue, uh, the the DC Comics miniseries from the '80s, Camelot 3000, uh, where all the Arthurian le- uh, legendary figures like were resurrect, reincarnated in like the year 3000. Uh, oh yeah, would, would that kind of kind of, kind of thing fit into here? The characters returning from the dead yeah. in some form. <laughs> all right, I think that would go. Call out to writers. Call out to writers. Um, yeah, um, same, same, same plugs for me as last week. Um, basically, um, 
by the Horror Crossover Encyclopedia and Intelligent Crossover Universe Worlds and Mythology Volume 1. Make great Christmas presents. I could use your money uh, so I could buy Christmas presents. Uh, what else? Um, currently watching a lot of cartoons to do the Cartoon Crossover Encyclopedia. Um, the Intelligent Crossover Universe website is updated every week. Right now, our focus is on horror, and we do little preview entries from the um, Horror Crossover Encyclopedia uh, that are uh, based around a certain horror movie per week um, as the theme. And really, that's about all I have for our Shameless Plug segment. Um, okay. So let's go to a commercial break. And then when we get back, James can shout, Ghostbusters! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's head to commercial. And we are back. James, would you like to introduce our guest for tonight? I would love to. I am a recent convert to Eric Bernhans comics. I had always been aware of him. But only within the last few weeks did I pick them up, and I'm impressed. I was expecting good comics. What I got were great comics. Now, Eric especially likes to specialize in licensed comics, so he's done multiple volumes of Ghostbusters, including some crossover miniseries, which we will get to since that's the title of the show. And he's done Back to the Future and some really other cool things. I'm just disappointed that I haven't been able to read literally everything he's written before this interview because I'm impressed. This is gold. So, Eric, I'm going to start off with a more general question. How did you come to specialize in so many tie-in comics? Was that something you always wanted to do, or did it just happen because you were assigned it and then you were so good at it you just kept getting assigned it? Um, Actually, you know, that's kind of how it came about. there was licensed work available. I enjoy doing it, and uh, I do it well enough that they keep giving it to me. So, yeah, it's a happy accident, and shucks, I can't complain. It's fun work. Yeah. I mean, you are one of the few people, if not the only writer I've seen, that really captures the Bill Murray voice for writing Peter. <laughs> well, thanks. That's uh, Getting the voices right has been the goal from day one on any project I go on that, you know, the licensed stuff. It's... People know what they sound like, and it's easy to uh, easy to catch it when it goes awry. So yeah, that's been my goal. It's been what I focused on. And man, it, it's uh, it's nervous. Every script I turn in, I I, I worry that it's going to be the one that I throw in a, a tin line or something like that. And so far, so good. Knock wood. You know. Mm-hmm. So I I want to jump into. I've spent a lot of time um, trying to um, work on the Ghostbusters timeline. And uh, for the longest time, I had uh, tried to fit everything into one timeline. Uh, and then Ghostbusters get real. <laughs> like, completely, like, said, nah, everything you worked out is crap. <laughs> but, but, it, but brilliant. But you, you did a brilliant job of it. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to know, um, um, what, was that your idea to, um, to um, make sure that... Um, Real Ghostbusters and, and your Ghostbusters was in separate continuities, or 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 was that uh, somebody else said, "Hey, write this"? Uh, what what was the genesis of that crossover? Well, the genesis of the crossover was that it'd be silly and fun, but yeah, I, the way I look at it, it Ghostbusters Two 
and the real Ghostbusters can't really coincide, mm. or, you know, they coexist, rather, yeah. coincide. They can't coexist because, you know, on one hand, you've got the Ghostbusters keep going on in real Ghostbusters right. and uh, keep doing missions and keep going forward. And Ghostbusters 2, we haven't done anything in five years. Right, they right. sued us. They thought we're frauds. So, you know, they don't work together. So, point of divergence. And, uh, yeah, okay. we just ran with it on that angle. Sweet. Yeah, the miniseries actually went somewhere else than I was expecting it to go. Where were you expecting? Well, I know Gozer's really overdone in tie-ins, but I was honestly expecting you to lead up to the point where there's all of these different dimensions where Gozer had previously existed. Mm -hmm. But now that there were all these different... After the point of diversion, you now have multiple defeated Gozers, and they would come together to make a super Gozer. I think what we got is way more fun, but that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I expected at first. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, another interesting thing, and um, maybe you can clear up, and and maybe it's on purpose, but uh, it, it feels that sometimes uh, your Ghostbusters series is supposed to take place um, like following the the two Ghostbusters films, but uh, other mm-hmm. times it seems to take place in a contemporary setting. Um, is that an ambiguous car- comic book timey wimey? type of thing on purpose because you have a lot of easter eggs too a lot of them are east mm-hmm. like 80s oh yeah areas, well but then you dan, also have like modern easter eggs oh yeah well, dan loves his easter eggs mm. and he loves throwing the stuff in but i i do try to i i mean you know i've asked for like five percent of them and the rest is dan this page is boring mm. i know what i'll do nice but um no uh honestly I do try to keep it ambiguous because if you do yeah. firmly tie it down, that, that limits how long you can work on the book because, you know, you can't do a you know Christmas story every year, for example, right. that may be appropriate in a long-running serial, true. but if it's, you know, if it's tied to a strict timeline, then, well, they're another year older and they can't be working this job for too much longer. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you just bring the end closer. So, um, yeah, I, I have just a little bit of fluidity and, uh, you know, vagueness, that's what I shoot for. If somebody really wants to nail it down, you know, feel free. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to keep it vague as much as possible. Since we got into Easter eggs so quickly, this is a question from one of our <laughs> – I was going – I would normally say listeners. But since this uh-huh. hasn't been released yet, this is from a person on Facebook. But Toby asks, did you ever put in an Easter egg that was too obscure for the readers and they never picked up on and was there any proposed Easter egg that was rejected as being too out there or legally impossible? Uh, every once in a while, um, there's there's been something. I, I know um, Dan at one point had put something on a movie marquee, and Sony said, "Those aren't our movies. Please change them." Mm. You know, so I mean, that's that's as far as outlandish got that. You know, we got for the most part, it's been it's been fine as far as that. Um, more often than people not getting the references, people will assume references that aren't there. This line clearly is a reference to this yeah. that happened here. And, and I'm just like, no, it, that's a coincidence, man. But <laughs> way to go on connecting those dots. Um, the, the only one that wasn't quite nailed um, without, without a little help was uh, – Back in the first arc, uh, a few years back, we did kind of a double, excuse me, a double uh, reference. We had the um, the John Candy version of Lewis Tully mm. with his Dobermans, you know, and 
you know, so he had his Dobermans, and uh, I named him, uh, what was it, um, Hera and Artemis, <laughs> as opposed to Zeus and Apollo, the Dobermans on Magnum P.I., so mm-hmm. that was, you know, just okay. kind of like a double-dipping double oh. joke, you know, so yes, I mean, you know, Dobermans, Hera and, and Artemis, wait a minute, that's like Zeus and Apollo, <laughs> that nobody, nobody caught that oh. one initially. They all caught, you know, John Candy was the original, you know, Lewis Tully, right. and, you know, he was going to have Dobermans. They caught that one, but they didn't get the, the Magnum one was kind of hidden. So. Nice. Okay. So, working for, working for um, IDW, as opposed to the, the big two, um, do you find there's a, um, a lot more freedom in your storytelling? Uh, you're working for, with licensed characters, so... Uh, <laughs> But but it's still it, it feels from reading it um, like you guys have a lot more freedom in your, mm-hmm. your tell good stories. Don't worry about the continuity as much. Well, I, I've done a little bit of work for Marvel, and the similar the experiences are similar in that if the book is not something that's connected to a lot of other things, you got more freedom. Ghostbusters not connected to a lot of other things. The stuff I did at Marvel, I did. Um, I helped out on Scarlet Spider and New Warriors. They weren't, you know, overly connected to a lot of other books. So the freedom to do a lot of what was wanted was was right there. And it's really nice actually to uh, to be able to do a story without having to check in with this 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 um when IDW has done their crossovers, uh the X-Files crossover from a few years ago, that one was a little bit more interconnected and needed to be a little bit more um there there was there was a little bit more plotting over over the course of several books and you know making sure that that things synced up so i mean yeah that was uh, that was different than than i was used to but you know i mean for the most part i can't say that i've ever had a bad experience writing comics it's nice. been a lot of freedom on everything i've worked on and man that's just been you know wonderful speaking of the crossovers uh the IDW has in, in the last few years has uh, started doing their own intercompany crossovers, but a little bit different. Like they're they're like, well, maybe they're in the same universe, maybe they're not. You know, it, you know. Um, for the X Files conspiracy, um, Ghostbusters and the Turtles were were like in the same universe, and then you put them in separate universes when when you did their independent crossover of just those mm-hmm. those two, um, and it it had this feel of like. It's okay either way. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, um, you know, it's, yeah. And some crossovers have run that way. I mean, you remember back in the early 90s when Marvel and DC were doing a bunch of crossovers? They had, right. at the same time, you know, uh, Silver Surfer and Green Lantern were in separate universes, yeah. but Spider Man and Batman were in the same universe. You know right. what I mean? So it all kind of just true. worked out from story to story yeah. with, uh, you know, whatever makes, you know, whatever's the simplest and gets you right to the plot right away. So. And um, in order to have the Turtles and Ghostbusters story to make it count for both ongoing series, uh-huh. it kind of had to be alternate dimensions. Right, right. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to ask, why you chose that over. Okay. so That's exactly why. We wanted to make it count. And, you know, I mean, Sony and, uh, and Paramount needed to work together so they couldn't – we couldn't have them be the same world. Otherwise – the turtles are in New York. Ghostbusters are in New York. There's a lot of crazy things happening in both books that nobody ever noticed before in the other side. So yeah, we 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 worked it out this way. But boy, we had a blast doing it. Yeah, it's really a lot of fun. So how did you get into comics? Oh gosh, I've been <laughs> reading comics since since Go. I mean, um, I remember them being there 
uh, before I could read, you know, tracing tracing the panels with a with a jumbo purple crayon. But what cemented it was uh, when I was about uh, just about five years old. The uh, the house I was living in, my parents' house, it just I whoosh gone in a fire. We lost Ooh. everything, Ooh. and the first possession that i was given by my my grandpa was an avengers annual <laughs> that was my first possession afterwards it became my favorite thing and you know i mean that kind of just you know cemented my love of comics right there it's a great big old jack kirby cover and uh yeah i was i was just in love with that book nice so we've talked about this a little bit um licensed characters versus like company owned characters um um, is is there one you prefer or or don't prefer or or are they both just different but equal preference? Well, I mean, honestly, at this point, um, there's there's not really a whole great big deal of difference between, say, you know, a, a license a character license from the movies and you know something owned by by Marvel or DC because you know. Um, Ghostbusters is from Sony. Spider-Man right, right. is from Disney. Batman is from Warner That's Brothers. True, you know, technically right. when you look at it, I mean, you know, if you want to look at it the long game like that. So I mean, it has it has um no I mean, yeah, it's it's they 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 give you the parameters which you can and can't do and then they give you the leeway to tell you the tell the story. So I mean, it's really just a uh comics that you don't own as a creator versus comics that you do own at this point in the game and you know, I I've got uh, – I lost my train of thought there, I guess. It's been a long day. But no, um, I've, I've had no trouble working with any of the stuff I've worked on, like I said before. Yeah. It's just – it's it's a blast. Yeah, they, uh, I, I guess I, maybe I haven't worked on, on big enough books at the big two to notice any difference between you know the, the, uh, the license book and that. But um, yeah, it's – I just like working on – it's the tone of the characters I'm working on. The fun right. stuff is where yeah. I prefer. So I mean, yeah. Other than that, I mean, it's uh, there's there's not really a whole lot of difference that I've noticed. Maybe I'm insane or just lucky, but I haven't noticed any difference. <laughs> right. And, you know, and sometimes it seems like um, maybe you have more freedom with the the licensed characters because if if you're like writing like Batman, like there's mm-hmm. a lot of rules, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, as to how you can portray him and stuff like that. Um, well, from what I've heard from, uh, from other interviews and that I've read and stuff. Um, I mean, and and there's there yeah. are there are levels. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If I was working on something for the IDW verse, which I've done a bunch of stuff, and you know the the secret history of the Foot Clan that I did with Mateus Santaluco, or you know any of the one shots, that's wholly separate from working on something that that ties into the cartoon mm. the stuff that ties into the cartoon nickelodeon goes over with a fine tooth comb and will you know correct right. me panel by panel and line by line and uh i don't mind because everybody's just looking for the comic the story to be the best that it can be but you get a little yeah. bit more leeway the less it ties into something that's a that's a bigger concern like a cartoon like a an active movie so So um, we, we've been talking a lot about Ghostbusters, but um, um, what else are you writing? Uh, I, I would like to know because I have read your Ghostbusters work, and like I haven't, I haven't, and I, I just found out you wrote Back to the Future, which is which I'm now going to pick up because 
I love you the need trilogy. to. Yeah, I love the trilogy. I just, <laughs> I just finished on Back to the Future. I just wrote my last uh, last few pages. Um, I was working on that with uh, with John Barber and of course Bob Gale. So I mean, he's uh, he makes sure everything is going in the right direction. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can't, you know. Um, but I, yeah, I just I was just there for the first uh, five issues. It was initially going to be a miniseries. Right, uh, is gone ongoing, and um, and John is going to take it over and, and just you know take the full book to himself because I was writing backup stories, mm. and yeah. it was a lot of fun. But if I was John, I would want to have the whole book to to do you know a full story on my own, and and that's what he's getting, and he's mm. going to he's going to rock it. It's going to be great. I've, uh, we we've we've talked about some of his ideas recently and uh, yeah he's 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 just going to knock it out of the park but uh, back to the future has been a lot of fun i've been doing um some ninja turtle stuff for panini over in england you know little uh, yeah. magazine short stories um i've done uh gosh what else have i been working on recently um gosh oh the uh it's 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 not a comic book but i've been working on the the tobin spirit guide for insight editions oh was the other project that i'm in the middle of yep so i mean i'm in the middle of uh, the editing process on that i uh, i should go back to the next round of editing after the new year but um that's that's the other thing my credit card in my computer somewhere <laughs> and uh, oh man, it's it's going to be great. The uh, the artist on this one is Kyle Hotz, who worked with me on Infestation a few years ago. Yep. And oh man, okay. the illustrations—they're just so great. And uh, yeah, so I mean, that's I'm I'm kind of the point where now where I'm I've cleaned off my plate. I was so busy for so much of the year working on. Uh, I, I started out with um, Galaxy Quest, and then you know the Turtles Ghostbusters crossover and Get Real and all this stuff. And now it's just to the point where, wow, I, I really better uh, get hustling. I, I feel like I don't have – I'm still working on an ongoing Ghostbusters book that's coming out next month, but I feel like I'm not doing as much. <laughs> well, in that case, what, what what else would you like to work on? Well, maybe maybe somebody's listening who can give you something. Yeah. Yeah. What what what, li- what licensed or, or what, what other characters or, you know, what, what would you like to uh, work on next? Oh, gosh. You know um, – there's 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 so much. I was I was talking uh, I was talking with my editor, uh, trying to with Tom Waltz, trying to uh, you know cajole him into convincing IDW into picking up the rights to the TV show Limitless, mm. because that would be uh, that would it's 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 a, such a goofy show. It would uh, it would be a lot of fun to work on. Um, if I was working on uh, you know I talked to uh, to a guy at uh, DC. A while back, he said, "What would you be interested in writing?" I said, "Plastic Man." I saw the look on his eyes go, "Not a chance." <laughs> oh, but um, dang it! But, uh, <laughs> not ready it's, for it's, the it's new like a, that, that that one's just that's not going to happen, my friend. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, he didn't say as much. I just you know that was the look in his eye. But I mean, I, I I have a feeling it was it was, it was you know politeness uh, asking what I would uh, work on if I had my druthers. But um, you know, I mean, honestly. I uh, I'd like to get back to the you know some more Ninja Turtle stuff would be fun, but honestly I'd just like to have some more fun you know not dour not mm. grisly not depressing I just want to you know write some uh, write some more fun stuff and uh, oh, yeah. maybe that'll be creator owned and uh, maybe it won't but uh, yeah nice uh, yeah. yeah I I I really love 
love the the light stuff you know yeah i mean it can have the serious tones to it you know so that you're invested in the story but you know you know that that mix i think that's what i love about ghostbusters um both your work and the films too you know the films are like a a light horror movie or a dark comedy (laughs) you know you know um um that's you know the type of stuff yeah i mean thank you for writing things that aren't grim dark and depressing yes That's you know that's my goal. I want I want people to to feel good at the end of the day, or at least you know, crack a smile if if they don't go all the way to feeling good. Well, a smile, get a smile out of you. That's enough. Yeah. Um, and there, I, I I just I would like to see more of that instead of instead of just the the uh, the ultra serious you know um, embarrassed to laugh because then someone will think we're children kind of storytelling. Right. Which I see in, yeah. in, in you know more books than than I would care to, but um, but yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm I'm glad people people enjoy it. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so is there anything else you would like to plug while you have the chance? While you have lots of Ghostbusters fan, and before I ask that, I just wanted to say <laughs> uh, we had a third co-host who had to bring somebody to an airport uh, instead of being here today. And he is the guy who uh, goes to parades dressed as a Ghostbuster. So nice. it was such a shame that he couldn't be here to interview you. And he was really sad. Aww. He was really sad. Uh, he's our third co-host, Ivan Shabowski. And, uh, yeah, he, 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 I mean, he's got his own proton pack and everything. So uh, he, he's really heartbroken. And he wanted to. Uh, oh, man. He, he Bad timing. Express, I wish. Yeah, he wanted to express that to you, that he was, he was really sad and that he couldn't, couldn't make it. Well, that's a bummer. You should let me know. We would have rescheduled. We could have gotten him in there. It would have been good. But, you know. I mean, um, <laughs> hey, we could always do a lunch party for Tobin Spirit Guide. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. So that, that will be in the, the summertime sometime, May, June. Um, but, okay. yeah. So uh, stuff to plug. Um, Ghostbusters International, the next ongoing mm-hmm. by, uh, by me, Dan Schoening, and Luis Delgado. That's coming out next month. Um, I don't know if... I don't know if pre-orders are still available for the first issue, but they sure are for the second issue and uh, and pretty soon the third issue. So, you know, pre-orders keep a book going. So if people would please look into that, I would, yes. you know, be and extremely grateful. And even if you missed the print pre-order, you can still pre-order on Comixology. Go do that now. Sweet deal. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, then, uh, and then, yeah, uh, Tobin Spirit Guide is up for pre-order on Amazon. So those are the things that, uh, that I'm plugging right now. Everything else, I think, is just about out on the stands so yeah okay and any social media you want to put out there where can people follow your work sure uh i am on twitter at eric burnham and that's e-r-i-k i'm one of the ones who doesn't spell with the c and my last name is burnham like burnham b-u-r-n-h-a-m one word eric burnham and you will find me on twitter um down with the people who spell it with a c good lord um (laughs) (laughs) Like every other person I know named Eric spells it with a C, um, just about. But yeah, so no, that's uh, that's the best way to, place to find me. I'm on Twitter a lot. I, uh, you know, I'm easy to reach there. All right. Eric, okay, you can. Oh, go or, ahead, James. Okay, you can skip this question if you're going to get in trouble with your overlords. But okay. what do you think about the Ghostbusters reboot? Because one of my mm. favorite things from your second volume was the quote-unquote all-female team. 
and mm-hmm. how they're either from previous incarnations or they're new characters. And you're not just replicating the original cast. You're doing something new and really clever, creative, fun, and actually mm-hmm. gives girls who are cosplaying as Ghostbusters something to latch onto that's unique. So what do you think about it, and what do you think about how they're just basically repainting the original four guys as women? Well, here's uh, here's how I'm going to go with that. I would would have preferred if it had connected to the original movies, you know, as as a as a sequel kind of reboot, mm-hmm. you know, a soft reboot where uh, you know the Ghostbusters had existed before. I understand why uh, Paul Feig didn't want to go that way. Just as myself, that's how I would have preferred it. As far as the cast that they have, the ladies are funny. Uh, Tom Waltz, uh, my editor, like I said, he has read the script, said it's a hilarious script. I have absolutely no doubt that the movie will do well and be very funny. And who okay. knows? They could have. They could sneak a. Uh, they could be sneaking in a connection to the movie uh, that they're just not saying. You know. Mm. So I mean, I'll I'll know exactly what I feel about it after I've seen the movie. But there's nothing about it that makes me go, "Oh God, no! They're ruining my life." So you know, it's. Uh, I think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be fine. I know it'll okay. be fine. Yeah. I just. I just. You know. I just. I'm. I'm anxious to see whether or not they sneak in more connections than they said that they will have. Hopefully. That's, that's what that I'm excited to find out. Yes. Hopefully that would be. That's my. That would. Uh, that would just. You know. Icing on the cake for me. But more Ghostbusters stuff. Getting more people uh, interested in the property again. There's nothing wrong with that. That's all good for me. That's true. Yeah. Okay, one last thing. Something I would love you to write, and I know it's never going to happen. Ghostbusters <laughs> and Gem and the Holograms. Oh, God. Well, you know, the, that, uh, that uh, fifth week event with the, uh, with the Ghostbusters, um, when they didn't cross the streams, IDW's doing like a what-if event. Oh, right. And Kelly Thompson is the one who's writing that Ghostbusters. <laughs> So, you're getting a crossover with the writer of Jim and the Holograms. That's as close as <laughs> I can make it happen. But bam, wish granted. Um, no, seriously, it's a Christmas miracle. It, it it is. See, I bring I bring the magic. But um, <laughs> but no, seriously, I the fun thing about Ghostbusters is they can cross over with just about anything, so long as there's a reason for them to be there, a ghost involved, because yeah. their personalities can take in anything and just not be impressed and that just makes it so much fun the the reaction to uh to the ninja turtles was a blast and i really i I, i'm i'm trying to figure out a way to let them to to uh convince them to let us do a sequel so we can have more of them just sitting around talking Uh, (laughs) but uh but no no i mean they they work um just you know the the uh the the types of personalities that the Ghostbusters have work with so many different characters, and the reactions that they give makes the stories worth it. I could see them crossing over with just about anything for at least 20 pages, and I would be happy to write those 20 pages anytime IDW says it's okay. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it's... Um, it's 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 fun stuff. A, a gem uh, yeah. crossover would certainly be the most interesting and unique thing that I've heard yet. I thought the pony crossover request that I got at San Diego uh. <laughs> was the weirdest wish, weirdest one I was ever going to get. Somebody came up to me and decided, "Why aren't you writing ponies? Why aren't you writing ponies, Ghostbusters? When is that going to happen?" Um, well, why aren't you? Take a why breath. Aren't they they didn't they didn't they didn't say hello they didn't say anything else it was just those three things uh (laughs) shot out at me without breathing and i 
it, it you know they all kind of watched and i was just kind of stunned it like it'd been slapped in the face with the the rat-a-tat of the questions and i i you know i i didn't know how to respond i was just like i i i, I <laughs> beware the bronies <laughs> and and then and I said, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll happen someday. And then they nodded and walked off. You appeased them. I love San Diego. I, I appeased them. Um, you know, I'm I'm waiting for them to come back. Why hasn't it happened yet? <laughs> you should ask Katie Cook. She'll know. And then he'll disappear into a pile of smoke and uh, you know give Katie hell. No, um, it's uh, I, I I I love uh, I love the crossovers we got to do. And uh, there, there have been more. We've we've talked about more behind the scenes if we ever got a chance. And um, I'm I'm bummed out that IDW lost the uh, uh, the license to let the license go for Doctor Who because that would have mm-hmm. been a uh, an entertaining crossover. Oh yeah. And you know, every once in a while we have uh, it would be fun to cross them over with this superhero or with this you know completely stoic military book or with this you know just you know just to entertain ourselves and. Uh, Tom and I were were going back and forth over one uh, one thing that he had answered in a, in a in an interview. Would he'd like to see them crossed over? So we're joking about it back and forth, and over the course of like five or six emails, we're like, "Well, God dang, that's a pretty good story. Yeah. <laughs> we we should see if we could do this." And he he takes it to uh, he takes it to the higher ups, and they say, "Yeah, that'll never happen." <laughs> oh, but, uh, what was it? I, I can't reveal because I'm still hoping that there's a way to oh. make it happen in the future. <laughs> but um, you never know. Like I said, it's we didn't think uh, the, the Ninja Turtle crossover took three years. We we thought about it. Yeah, two o'clock in the morning in 2012. Uh, you know, having having a beer in San Diego. We said, you know, it'd be fun. <laughs> and because uh, he was about nine or ten issues into Ninja Turtles, I was eight or nine issues into Ghostbusters. We're like crossover would be awesome we should totally do a crossover and we talked about it we came up with a story and that was in july of 2012 and it didn't happen for another two and a half years but it happened so you know who knows it's uh it's it's anything is possible if that happened nice i I would like to see scooby-doo scooby-doo has a scooby-doo uh real ghostbusters crossover has is one of the ones that we we've we've talked about as as something silly and fun uh that who knows mm. uh it's it's nothing yeah. it's nothing that anybody has you know nobody's approached warner brothers dc about right, it right. but uh it's 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 something that in the original ghostbusters um pitch i had them meeting like a scooby-doo knockoff mm-hmm. and so there was there was a, that uh, the second volume the story that was in the amusement park was initially going to have the scooby-doo you know like the reality show skeptics okay. oh that would have been and awesome. uh you know when we had it we would have had the ghost possess the dog and that's how he would have started talking <laughs> nice um and i i eventually said that's too many characters for the second arc of a book they're gone you know yeah and, uh, but i mean you know i mean these ideas uh for crossovers just about everything has come up and uh we 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 talk about it and laugh about it and uh sometimes come up with a story idea sometimes it's not even a crossover story idea we just you know mute it to something else but uh there's uh, there's a lot of stuff that would be fun to do and uh we're I, thinking about all of it i would love to see ghostbusters and the ghostbusters the ones with the ape they i know which one you're talking about yeah. in a the, recent issue of ghostbusters get real well, I, and I, was I, removed I, from the yeah. trade paperback. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure who owns them at this point, actually, because um, 
filmation is gone mm. and their 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 stuff has been has been bought um bought up more than once so i'm not even sure who owns them huh okay but uh but yeah uh that one people people have asked us about that one when are they going to be in the book they've asked us about that quite a bit um Mostly Dan. They want to just draw him in there. Right. <laughs> just draw him in there, Dan. Come on. Um, but because, uh, you know, I mean, he, he has he has uh, his Easter egg skills are so strong. He has yeah. there. I, I think there's about 45 pages um, or more of Easter egg notes, like single lines that the uh, the uh, Ghostbusters message board community have come up with. <laughs> They they come up with you know three or four pages for every issue. So, yeah, our, our website uh, televisioncrossoveruniverse dot com, you know, likes to pick out some of those Easter eggs too, <laughs> and post them on our our site. You know, that's nice. that's, our, that's our obsession. You know, mm-hmm. it's a hobby. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody's got a hundred percent accuracy on those on those yet. No. Mostly because you know, I mean, I Dan is hitting stuff in there that I, I mean, I don't even see it all <laughs> from issue to issue. There's stuff I look at and I say, I know that's a reference. I know that's something. I don't know what, and I'm not going to admit it to Dan that I don't know what it is. I'll just have to try my best to figure it out before I talk to him again. <laughs> before it comes up, and you're not cool enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he'd he'd hit me with that, you know, that Canadian disdain. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah it's you know i i I've, I've said it before i've said it many times i i could not have nearly as much fun working on this book without dan and Luis and tom those those guys are uh it's the easiest people i've ever worked with the best job i've ever had so great yeah it sounds like you're having a blast so uh, i am yeah oh yeah and it really shows in your work you know um, that you're having a lot of fun because your your work is fun, and uh, and I, I always feel that you know you could tell when a writer is really enjoying what he's writing. Um, yeah, so uh, we're really glad you came. I I mean, you you reached back to me in like 30 minutes, and I was uh, I really had this like aim high for guests but expect low. So <laughs> so when you when you responded back to me on a holiday. I was like shocked, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, oh man, and it put a lot of pressure on <laughs> on us. Like, oh no, we got a big name person. We really have to work hard. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it was it's it's been an extreme pleasure having you on, on our show. Um, yes, yeah, extreme pleasure. We are we are deeply honored to have had you. Um, thank you so much, um, and uh, you know. Feel free to come back and plug anything you want, anytime you want. Uh, we will gladly have you back on our show uh, because it's been a pleasure. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I, uh, I appreciate it. You know, and yeah, next time I have something interesting, please, I'd, I'd love to come back on. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what our show is all about: is letting people know that there's great writers. All of the great, great stuff writers. out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hey. This is what you should be reading. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's awesome. what we're about. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, yes. All right, we're going to go to a commercial, and then we'll be wrapping up the show. Thank you again, Eric. Thank you. All right, thanks. And we are back. 
And uh, just hearing the Unchained commercial uh, should remind. I should be remember that uh, I was just on Unchained um, when this episode airs. The week before's episode of Unchained uh, was the one I was on. Um, helped review Return of the Jedi. They kind of abducted me, pulled me into the room when I was hanging out in the green room, and uh, had a blast with them on their show. Um, you should definitely listen to it, not just because I was on it, but you should listen to every episode of their show because they are awesome. They are fun guys. They are geeks who know about geekiness, and, uh, and they really know their stuff, um, and, and they're just a blast to listen to. They're, they're funny. They're informative. Um, yeah, so uh, it was a, it was a it was a really great time. Um, so I, I, I just wanted to to throw that out there. Um, and by the time that this episode airs, it would be on last week's episode of uh, Unchained. Um, so we have a little bit of of time, and uh, when we do that, we are going to have a little bit of crossover talk at the end of the show because we are the television crossover universe after all. So um, I wanted to talk about something that I had watched recently. Um, I heard it was coming up, and it intrigued me, and I thought it was going to be really, really bad. Um, Two shows had a crossover where it started in one show and ended up in the other one, and it was Bones, a forensic science show, and Sleepy Hollow, a supernatural show about a guy who comes back from the dead and fights zombies and other types of monsters. Um, and that shouldn't have worked, um, but it worked <laughs> brilliantly. Um, they somehow pulled it off so that an atheist who does not believe in the supernatural actually encountered evidence that a man uh, had the same signature as somebody from the 1700s and then later in the next episode fought zombies which she wrote off as as uh, assailants with a bad skin condition and left that without destroying the integrity of Bones. Bones continues to be a show about a forensic scientist who 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 believes that there is no god or supernatural or anything at the end of this crossover um it was amazing. Um, and why this is amazing is this, this broke a precedent. Um, previously, you could have, like, Detective Munch show up on X-Files, and that was okay. You could have Law & Order in the world of X-Files, but you couldn't have Mulder show up on Law & Order. You couldn't have Law and & Order and suddenly there's, oh, there's a guy who uh, has ha- had met aliens. You, you, you couldn't do that. That would break the reality. But you actually had <laughs> you actually had the moment where on Bones, not on Sleepy Hollow, where Bones encounters uh, uh, you know this evidence that 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 um, you know that this guy must be an immortal, <laughs> and and she's able, she quotes she quotes you would appreciate this James she quotes uh, Sherlock yeah. Holmes. Uh, you know what? What was the line? Uh, what? Whatever. Um, this agency stands flat foot upon the ground. I can't remember the first part of the quote. Yeah. What? It, what? I no. A it's terrible. Sherlock. It's whatever. Whatever is in, whatever is um, impossible. This agency stands flat footed upon the ground. No ghost need apply. Yeah. So oh, she did the 
She did the what, whatever is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she basically um, she she came up with a fake science to rationalize it in her head that huh. um, that basically um, um, it it could be that um, qu- uh, that signatures are a genetic thing. And that it was his ancestor's signature, and that he happened to just come up with the same signature because of a genetic thing, which is like <laughs> totally bogus thing. But it just so also reminded me of Sunnydale-itis, how, how on, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, nobody ever believed that there was vampires. They always thought it was a gang with PCP, you know, yep. and, and that, that totally uh, supports the theory that we use in the television crossover universe to justify why supernatural shows and shows like law and order can coexist in the same reality. You know, that's true. Is that, um, there is rationalization, you know, whatever is outside of your normal way of thinking, you know, you just rationalize it away. Even if it, even if the rationalization is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, that's why nobody ever believes the teenagers in horror movies, even though the horror movie monster comes back over and over and over and over. People still don't believe it. Well, according to Cabin in the Woods, that's because they're working with the conspiracy, of course. Right, right. And, and, it's quite true. And unlike Trick or Treat Radio, who hates Cabin in the Woods, we love Cabin in the Woods because it's all about crossovers. <laughs> It's the best bad movie just because of how much it helps us out. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, just because it says that everything is connected. Um, <laughs> that's really the only reason we, we love it. <laughs> Our criteria for if something is good or bad is, is, is clearly based on Easter eggs and crossover <laughs> references. Um, yeah, so that, that, was, that was an amazing... Um, Another recent um, one, I don't know if you've seen this one, James. Um, this was actually an older one, but I, I was researching for um, my Marvels in the TVCU timeline for my next World of Mythology book. I found an unlimited Spider-Man animated episode with the cast of Jesse. Yeah, I heard about that. I haven't watched it, but it's such a strange cross-promotional thing. And it was good, and it was stayed true to Jesse. Like, like the live act, like this could have happened in the world of Jesse. <laughs> now, now, probably. It no- reminds me of those old, old, early morning ABC commercials from Forever, not ABC, sorry, Fox commercials that combined Pokemon and Seventh Heaven. With the actual <laughs> Seventh Heaven actors. Well, what, 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 this is completely animated, but it did have the, the actors from the show doing the voices. Okay. Uh, in it and they made references that they were very true to their characters in a way it reminded me more of like the Partridge family showing up on the new Scooby-Doo movies Okay, you know this was like one of those things where you know Spider-Man will probably never get mentioned on an episode of Jesse but this could clearly have taken place in the Jesse universe I mean it might remember Bertram went to the butler's convention to roast Alfred Pennyworth that's right and you know Jesse did have a time travel episode um, so so they're not beyond the completely ridiculous but it, let's just reflect on the fact that Jesse is the connection for putting Batman and Spider-Man in the same universe that is that is uh, that is really true and uh, they also have referenced um um, Lois Lane in an episode too, so um, 
clear, oh. cl- clearly there's a, a comic book <laughs> fan who, writing Jesse. Yeah, and anytime the cops sort of show up, they're from the precinct from Law and Order. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so, so basically, the writers must be very, very, very bored. So basically, it's just wonderful to know that Jesse and all the shows that connect to Jesse, because there are a few other Disney live-action shows that connect to Jesse, are, yeah. are in a Marvel Universe, but the animated Marvel Universe, the one that also has the um, Disney's Avengers cartoon and upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon, yeah. that, that all takes place in the same universe as these Disney live-action things. And it just goes to show that Disney will just connect everything. <laughs> they don't. They don't care. <laughs> They're like we no. own, we own it all. <laughs> We're gonna make it all cross promote. Which makes me really excited for the next Kingdom's Heart. Yeah. Game. yeah, yeah, yeah. Supposed yeah. to have Star Wars and Marvel superheroes this time. I, and I'm really looking forward to writing all about <laughs> about that for the cartoon <laughs> crossover at Second Video. All right, so we are just about out of time. Um, so I'd like to thank everybody who listened to us today and, uh, thank Eric Burnham again for, uh, for joining us. Um, join us next week where we will be talking to author Chris Nigro, um, known for short stories and tales of the shadow men and other anthologies. And he is also the heir to the monster website. Uh, before we end, I'd like to thank the sponsor for this episode, Jeffrey Arresti, um, who donated to our GoFundMe, um, and also to Playpen Magazine under everybody's beds. And uh, special thanks to Tiny White and the Deadites for our show's theme music. Thanks to all who listened. Remember, everything happens somewhere. Mm-hmm.